So this actually happened at the beginning of June. After some meeting with the cops, I've decided to share it here. It has been a small tradition for me to go camping in my backyard every summer for a few weeks or so. Our yard is six acres, and part of it is a small wooded area next to our pond. You can't see the road directly, but you can see the cars passing by, if you look well enough. I'm not the best at explaining things, so I might have to drop a map and link it for everyone. Anyways, since it was a nice area, I set up a small two-person tent, and the first few nights went really well. A few mosquito bites here and there from the bugs at the pond, but nothing too bad. It was the sixth night when it happened. That night I wanted to stay up late and make a small fire in a fire pit to roast marshmallows and all that, simply because I could. I did all that and now it was about 2am. I was walking back to the hill to get up to the wooded area when I looked over the pond and saw a figure just standing there. I couldn't tell if it was actually looking at me or not and honestly thought it was just one of our small pine trees next to the road. Looking around, there was a car parked on the side of the road turned off. The moonlight helped me see the silhouette of the car. At first, I shrugged it off a bit, trying to think rationally about it because I wanted to go to bed. I called out. No answer. I turned to my side and decided it was all too scary for me, and wanted to sleep inside tonight. But then I saw the figure start to move as well. I put two and two together and ran towards my house, and right into it, and locked the back door. It was left unlocked in case I needed to go inside. He was just halfway across the backyard when I locked the door. He was hella fast to get around the pond so quickly. I ran and woke up my parents. My dad got his loaded handgun he kept in a small safe on his nightstand. I called the police and my mom went to check the other siblings upstairs. My dad went out to look for the man and I stayed on the porch watching him go off in the yard. By that point I couldn't see the man or see far enough to know if the car was still there or not. My dad was shouting a lot, and I couldn't see him very well when he got to the edge of the forest. He was coming back when I saw the car headlights turn on, and it skid away with squealing tires. When the cops arrived, he was long gone, and the most description I could give was a man about six feet tall and fast. The next week went by with some investigations around our property, and quite frankly, with the lack of description and evidence, much more than some tire tracks, I'm assuming they haven't found anyone. They said they'd call me if they did, but at this point I don't think they will. My dad is now thinking of putting up some fence along the back road, and I've been staying inside most of the time. So, creepy man in a backyard, let's not meet again. This happened only one week ago. I went to a small town in northern Sweden. The first days and last days were very fun with me doing all kinds of summer related things, going swimming in lakes, etc. But on midsummer, we had just had dinner and me along with my mother's boyfriend had just made a small midsummer staying. So naturally after work, I was a bit tired. Now, do not get me wrong, it was not a big one but still it did take some effort assembling it. So I went to my bed to watch some YouTube and just chill. Now for this story to make sense, I need to tell you that I have a folding bed. We were visiting a family friend and it was in the living room. Now from the bed, my head was pointed towards the door to our backyard. 
which was open due to the heat of the time. So after about 20 minutes watching YouTube, I thought I saw something in my peripheral vision. And behold, when I look up, there was some random person there that I didn't know standing about one meter into the room. I identified it as a woman, and I locked eyes with her. The moment I did, she just froze, standing there not saying anything for what felt like an eternity. And finally, she exited, just casually walking away, still not saying anything. This may not be the creepiest post you have read on this subreddit, but you have to understand how scary it was just looking up to suddenly see an unknown person inside your house. It really makes you feel like no place is safe, not even your home. I've been waiting a while to post this one, and i got a few more stories to share. If you all enjoy it, I'll post others. Trigger warning, mild sexual assault references. This particular story is from the time when I was living in India. I was living in a wonderful neighborhood in Mumbai, and I truly loved my life there, although I had already had several encounters reinforcing some of the stereotypes you might have heard of, i.e. harassment in the street. Having spent most of my life living in major cities around the world, I'm no stranger to this, so I know it's not okay, but it doesn't rattle me as much as it used to. In this particular neighborhood, there was a market around 10 minutes walking distance from my flat. That's where the vegetable stalls were, some restaurants, household goods, and even a gym. The area was always extremely crowded with both pedestrians and car traffic. Pretty soon after I began visiting for shopping, I noticed a young man, late teens, who appeared to live in the streets near the gym. He stood out because he had a habit of approaching people in the crowd tapping them, and then disappearing quickly back in the crowd. I couldn't even venture a guess as to how many times he appeared out of nowhere, tapping me on the leg, shoulder, back, etc. Just for me to see his very recognizable, long, wiry hair disappearing into the crowd. At a certain point, he began carrying around a long whip. This is a technique some of the local beggars use, to do a trick in order to ask for money. I found it to be extremely threatening. I was always on the lookout for this man because I didn't like him touching me. And when I saw him, I would cross the street. Sometimes he would follow me and do it anyways. Sometimes he didn't. One night I was walking home after a trip to the market and, as usual, keeping my eyes out for the man. I saw him and we made eye contact. He was on the other side of the street and headed directly toward me. I walked faster and put some cars in between us but he caught up to me and grabbed my breast. That was definitely something new. As usual, he took off right away. I felt disgusted and tried to hurry home, carrying my packages. Traffic was bad that night, so I wasn't able to walk directly to my flat. I had to walk straight for longer than usual and then take a turn across the street that I normally don't. When I looked over my shoulder to check for cars behind me, I saw the young man following me, about five meters behind me. I panicked. Less than a week before, I had been involved in a serious violent sexual assault, so my mind went completely blank with fear, and I power walked to the nearest store and went inside. The shopkeepers must have been so confused as to why there was a crying woman with the grocery bags in a clothing store. I called my boss. She had accompanied me to the hospital the previous week, and was my neighbor, and asked her to come meet me. 
Sitting in the store, trying to calm myself down, I could see the young man pacing outside the store watching me. It felt like an eternity before my boss arrived, and by then the man had left. We walked home together for the next two days, and I had a police escort any time I left my house, until they caught the man. It turns out he had previously followed another one of my colleagues home and attacked her outside of her apartment building by putting a bag over her head. I'm so glad I looked over my shoulder at the time I did. He was arrested after that incident, but after being released he found his way back to the same intersection and started up the same antics. So to the guy who likes tapping strangers in crowds and following women home, let's not meet. I was 14 years old when I had to live with my grandparents. I had to live with them because my sister was in college and my parents were divorced. They lived in an old bungalow type house. It was a one story and we have stairs that immediately goes to the attic. The attic which no one really uses. We just put stuff in there. It's too hot and stuffy up there. The sole window up there didn't really help either. The attic had old creaky wooden floors that I remember that I had to polish with a coconut shell because that's just how we do it here in the Philippines. That and my grandparents are very traditional. Anyways, my door room was near the stairs leading up to the attic. Like you open my door and then face right and the stairs would be immediately right there. I hated that every time I left my room because I would expect that someone would immediately crawl down from the attic. One night my grandparents had to pick up my aunt's family from the airport but because of the hellish traffic here, they had to leave at 7pm, and their expected arrival back home would be at 5am, so a 14 year old girl would be alone in the home the whole time. I told them I would be safe here. We live in a gated community, we got tons of guard dogs, everything will be okay. Or so I thought. Because they left, we already had dinner, so I was stuck with cleaning the dishes and all. As I was doing that, I could hear a bunch of neighbors' dogs barking a lot. I didn't really think much of it, because the dogs always do that. When I finished cleaning up the dinner, I immediately had to lock every door and window, close all the lights off before heading to bed. When I entered my room, the lights were on, and it looked normal. My anime posters were on my wall, my closet wasn't touched, my bed was next to my barred, tinted windows. We had to tint them because I was on the first floor and my grandparents wanted to make sure no one would peep in a young girl's room. They were barred too because my uncle, who used to live in the room, always escaped through there to go to parties. This was my grandparents' solution to that. Nothing was out of place to alarm me. Everything was normal. Until I closed the lights. As soon as I closed the lights, a silhouette of a man was illuminated by the streetlights outside. He looked like he had thick curly hair and a skinny build. I thought I was having hallucinations, so I opened the lights on again, and he was gone. I turned it again, and he was back again. On and gone, and off and gone. I sighed in relief. It was just my mind playing tricks on me, or something else was casting the shadow. I double locked my door just to be safe. One with the door knob lock, and one with those door latch type locks, then tucked myself in. It was hard to fall asleep when lots of dogs were barking outside. They weren't our dogs, it was the neighbors. But I was finally falling asleep. 
when I heard something from above me moving. Something in the attic. I pushed down the thought of tricking myself again. I hugged my pillow. It's just rats, I said to myself. These rats seem heavy and were also pushing furniture around. My heart sank when I heard them hurriedly go down the stairs and stop at the bottom. I covered myself with my blanket and waited for something. I was also wishing that my parents had given me a phone at a time like this, but I only waited and bated breath. Suddenly, I heard my doorknob being gently fiddled. I wanted to vomit when I heard it click, followed by a quiet turn of the knob. The knob turned, but it didn't budge. When they noticed, they tried to push it. This time, I had finally stood up, shaking. I was a kid home alone with no phone. No means of defense. All that was saving me was this thick door from the old days. I softly pushed my body against the door and locked everything up again. I didn't want to make sound. I didn't want to scream. I didn't want him to know I was here. I don't know why he stopped, but he did. I didn't go back to bed, I just sat there at the door waiting. It felt like forever. I heard footsteps go up the stairs, but I still sat there. I saw something move in the corner of my eye there, out the window. The shadow was back. I forced myself not to look. All I could think of was, thank god they were barred. I don't remember what happened after that, I think I fell asleep, or I was too scared to even think straight. I just remember the next day when my family and I were finally having breakfast. I casually brought it up. Hello, my grandfather. I think I heard footsteps in the attic last night. My grandmother scoffed. It's probably rats. I never brought it up again. I don't want them to worry. I probably was, but... But I do know this. Our dogs were caged up near the gate and were far from my room. So they wouldn't have seen anything. The only dogs who were near my room were the neighbors. Also, there was nothing outside my window that could cast a shadow that looked like a man. Lastly, the attic window was open. Last year, on a Saturday night, shortly after 1am, I heard someone creep up my staircase. I live in a two-story home on the second floor. I heard the cracking of the wood steps. I pause my TV show, I listened. I hear it some more, then I hear a long pause, and nothing. Then I hear my doorknob jiggling, and that's when I freak out. I know it's not the woman downstairs because she's gone for the night. I went straight to the door. I have one of those doors where it's half glass window because I live in a tiny town and my upstairs staircase is covered. So technically no one can see inside, unless they are standing right at the door. And even at that, all they can see is part of my doorway into the bedroom and my hallway, nothing more. So I had the light on at the door inside, but the outside light was off. When I went to the door, I couldn't see out of it. I couldn't see who was there. When I showed myself at the door, the doorknob stopped jiggling because I made my presence known and they could fully see me because my lights were on. I shut the inside lights off real quick as an attempt to see who was out there, but it took my eyes too long to adjust, and as I shut the lights off, I simultaneously hit the second lock on the door, and that's when the person on the other side of the door started 
banging on it. I couldn't see who it was, and quite honestly, once the banging started, I bolted. And so did they. So, I tried to look out my windows to catch a glimpse of who it would be, but I couldn't see anything. The exit of the staircase is too close to the house for me to have a full view from the second floor, which is a shame. So I called the cops and I filed a report and all was good in the world. I equipped my home with wasp spray hidden in every corner. I did develop major anxiety over it though, like real bad major anxiety. I had never even been afraid to live alone before this, but I have worked through it for the most part and have gotten better since this was last year. I even got a camera that I have at my door that streams to an app on my phone. In the last couple of months, I have been having issues though. I park in the little lot across the street. The little lot belongs to the church I live next to. I'm allowed to park there. I keep finding the sides of my license plates completely bent outwards in a 90 degree angle every morning. I know because I put them in place every day so the plates are flat and pretty much every day of the week I go outside to find my plates bent back. I know it's not the wind and I know it doesn't happen while I'm driving because I check. My dad however has convinced me that it could be the car wash. I get my car washed at least once a week or two and it's the kind where you just pay a machine and sit in your car. So I pushed the issue off. But then recently I came home to find three things on a little shelf that I keep outside my door. Two small crystal bowls and a little flower pot with a golden retriever on it. I thought, oh, my sister or grandma probably just left it for me. I texted them about it and they both said no, they didn't leave anything. They both live on my block, so I thought, it would be probable for them to just do that. But both of them said it wasn't them. Then my next thought would be that maybe it's my mom. See, anytime my mom gets me stuff, she leaves it on her front sunroom, what she calls her porch. So, she will always text me a pic of what she got me and say, Hey, it's here on the porch. Get it when you can stop by next time. In the year and a half I've lived in this apartment, she has never left something on my porch. Also, my camera was dead. So I texted her about it and she didn't answer, which is like her. If it doesn't pertain to her, she doesn't answer. Also, I'm slightly confused about the golden retriever planter because everyone knows I'm a cat person and that's what everyone knows what to get me. Tonight at 1.19 a.m., I was in the bedroom texting my sister when I heard banging on my front door again. The lady who lives downstairs is gone for the night again. This exact same thing happened a year ago too. A Saturday night, right after 1 a.m., all the lights in my apartment were on, so they knew I was home. If they wanted to break in, they could have. If they wanted my valuables, they have 60 hours out of the week every week this last year to do so. But no, whoever's messing with me wants to mess with me. I didn't know what to do. My phone was on the other side of the apartment and I couldn't get to it without going past the door. So I told my sister through text messaging on my laptop 
and she called the cops. They arrived and I knew because I saw them searching the property with their flashlights and I met them at the door. I filed a report and and I said, nope, I'm out of here and I'm going to sleep at my sister's for the night. But this is seriously freaking me out. Someone is messing with me in a very serious way. They know I'm home. They know I'm up. They know the woman who lives downstairs is gone. They know the camera isn't charged. Coincidentally, these things keep happening when my camera isn't charged, which takes hours to do, and I'm so paranoid of leaving something charged while I'm asleep or not home. I don't have any enemies in this area. I don't really know anyone in this town, except for a co-worker or two. My landlord and my family, whom is new to the area as well, I don't have any ex-boyfriends trying to scare me. I haven't fought with anybody who is trying to get revenge on me. But I should mention that about 9 or 10 years ago, I did have a bit of a stalker situation. A 55-year-old man who lived adjacent to my job. He came in every day for a year. We never spoke directly or had a convo. He would leave me notes on my car. The first one he left me was a five-page letter speaking about our compatibility with one another. He mentioned things in the letter I would speak about with other customers in regards to our compatibility. He even mentioned that he believes he could sexually please me. And he has what it takes and it's the kind of special that most people don't have what it takes. He would leave me crystal antique hearts on my car. Anyways, I got a restraining order on him. He was no longer allowed to enter my job. He would occasionally stare at me through the cracks in his blinds. And that was about it. I moved out of state and nothing ever happened of it. So that could be a possibility too. What do y'all think? This happened to my friend Alex and I a couple months ago, around March of 2020. We both attended a school on California's Central Coast. One week in April, Alex invited me to join him on a drive a few cities up north where he was picking up a dog. Once we picked up the dog, very sweet boy, we decided to drive a bit further north to eat before heading back down south to go home. We ordered ahead and once we arrived, we picked up our food because dining regulations already at place because of COVID. And we googled a nearby park and we head there to eat our food. We pull up to a pretty empty park except for like one other person. He parks on a curb in front of another car. This is important. We quickly walk a few feet to the bench and table near the curb tie the dog to a public barbecue grill next to us and begin to eat. We're almost immediately approached by a man intent on talking to us. He specifically asks about the dog. How old is he? Is he mean? Does he bite? Alex is busy answering the man's questions while trying to calm the dog down and eventually shift his attention only to the dog. The conversation ends but the man stands there for a minute or two staring at us. But only I notice because Alex is still making sure the dog doesn't try to escape. 
We both, however, agree that the conversation was kind of weird. Anyway, the man walks away towards a shaded area next to the restrooms under one of those large canopy things that a lot of parks in California have. I noticed that he sits with another man that I hadn't noticed previously, but I think nothing of it. At this point, the dog is still being troublesome, but I continue to eat. I begin to feel like we're being watched and looked over, and the two men are just staring at us, not talking at all. I think it's weird, and I'm starting to feel weirded out. Alex is still struggling with the dog, and when I look over again, I only see one of the men. The one who hadn't approached us. And when I look again, the one who did approach us is hiding behind a vending machine, poking his head out to look at us, and I catch him. Without hesitating, I tell Alex to grab his crap and to get in his car. He doesn't question me and we gather all our stuff and put it in his car. As we do so, the man still sitting and watching us approaches us. And as soon as we get into the car, he begins to talk to us too, asking about the dog and his temperament. He asks if the dog is protective and if he bites. Alex barely answers him and he starts the car. The man then walks past our car and gets into the car part behind us, where someone has been inside watching us the entire time from just a few feet away without either of us realizing. Over the next 10-15 minutes, we pull out of the parking lot and the other car does too. Out of the same exit, we immediately fear that they might be following us, so Alec does a random series of turns until we end up in a neighborhood and sure enough, the car still behind us. They're tailgating at this point, and we're both freaked out. So we do a few more random turns until we enter a roundabout in which Alex very poorly exit crappy driver, and they lose us. We map another park for us to finish eating and arrive at the park with a good amount of people only a few streets away. We park, sit on a bench, and keep eating. Maybe five minutes later, Alex notices the same car enter the parking lot, and they park near where we're eating. No one exits the car, and we just grab our crap and leave, this time down south. The car starts to pull out too, but luckily we enter the street first and get ahead until we hit the freeway that takes us home. Weird, creepy, potentially dangerous central coasters Let's not meet again. This happened just yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. I'm not quite sure what to think of it because it was just so bizarre and unbelievable. I might have just been sleep deprived. So last night at maybe 11 p.m., I was walking around my block. My town is relatively safe so I didn't feel in danger. Plus, it was a pretty night. I had been walking for around five minutes when a pale woman with blonde hair and a white dress caught my eye from across the street. She was about my height and looked to be around my age too. I didn't actually pay attention to her after I first noticed her. While I circled the block again, she was on the same street, a couple feet in front of me. She was standing on the curb staring at the cars passing by. It was a main road, so even that late, people were still driving on it. 
I said hello to her, and she turned her gaze to me. I couldn't see her face super well, but from what I think I saw, she had no pupils or color in her eyes. She just stared at me. After a while, I asked if she was okay. She didn't respond again and simply pointed at the road. I was really confused and didn't understand. Right as a red car started coming down the road, she stepped into the road. The car slammed into her and it was a bloody mess. The driver immediately stopped and jumped out. It was a man in his 20s. We both spoke about it, freaking out. He called the police and I went around the car to see the state of the girl. Once I circled around the car, she was gone. Not gone as in dead, gone in his just wasn't there. The blood on the road was gone too, but not gone from his car. After the police arrived, they concluded that it was some big hoax of a kid who didn't know what they were talking about and some guy who went along with it. The blood on the truck was brought to investigation only to be found as paint. Nothing else was put up about it. I'm still not sure if what happened was real. It felt so real, but I don't believe in paranormal. I don't know what it was, if it was just a dream or if it was real. I remember it like it was real. I feel like I can't leave the house now. I don't understand anything now and I kind of feel like I'm going crazy. Has anyone else experienced something like this? Now this isn't a scary story, but more of a creepy one. My friend's dad's family used to live in the woods near Eureka Springs, Arkansas. My friend's uncle was the oldest of the three kids and was allowed to explore the woods on his own, even though he was only about nine. One day, he came across a little cottage nestled in the woods. He knocked on the door and was greeted by two old ladies. He promptly asked for some water, as he had been exploring for hours. The ladies invited him in and gave him milk and cookies and sat down and talked with him while he pet their white cat. They talked for a while and they eventually invited him to stay for dinner and spend the night because it was getting dark and he was a ways from home. His parents were pretty used to him being in the woods for nights without coming back, so he accepted without question. He spent the night without incident and returned home the next morning. He visited many more times over the next year, and one day, they told him to bring his parents and brothers the next time he came. So the next week, the whole family embarked on a long trek to the cottage. When they arrived, however, they found the remains of a small cottage that appeared to have been abandoned for years. Everyone was very confused, as they all trusted that my friend's uncle had visited the woman many times. They had absolutely no idea what had happened, or if my friend's uncle had actually been visiting anybody. To make things even weirder, as they were leaving, an old, skinny, white cat ran past them, darting into the trees, leaving them in utter shock. I'm a tall yet extremely skinny guy, and I'm 21 years old. I was 20 years old at the time, and it was the week before the presidential election in the United States. I felt a lot of anxiety about the election. As I live in Manhattan, 
and there are a lot of crazy people in that city who act as if the entire world is going to end over one simple election. So feeling exhausted from both that and my university, I decided to visit my friends in Moscow. I'm half Russian and have an apartment in the city center of Moscow. I had never been in Russia while it snowed, and luckily during this time it was snowing. The city looked beautiful, and the vibe I had from the city was perfect. I felt so calm, safe, and the whole world around me just seemed so quiet. Unfortunately, I had severe jet lag and fell asleep around 5 p.m. Moscow time that day. My friend went home to get ready for her classes the next day, and I woke up around 3 a.m. I could not fall back asleep, so I decided to go outside and take a walk around my area while it calmly snowed. I walked around the dead, empty city in my district and took in all the beautiful architecture and the snow falling down heavily. I don't remember for how long I was walking, but I crossed a bridge and entered deeply in a neighborhood I was not familiar with. I thought it would be okay, as I was in my district, and sort of remembered the way back home. I eventually came up to this ginormous entrance of a block unit with a beautiful gate on it. The gate was opened, so I decided to step inside. It looked like a small little compound, or something similar to it. If anyone is from Russia, they probably know what I'm talking about. Everything was dead quiet, and the trees canopied in the square complex. To the right was an extremely tall building with a ginormous door. I peeked inside and saw a lightly dimmed lobby, typical Russian lobby vibe, with a blinking fluorescent light. I held on the door, and to my surprise, it was unlocked. I entered into the massive building and looked around. I saw many stairs wrapped around in a square leading up. A small typical Russian elevator and to the right of the stairwell stairs that led down. The door at the bottom of the stairs was open. I absolutely do not know what came over me, as I am not one to adventure alone. But as I stated earlier, everything felt so beautiful. The quiet vibe of the snow-covered Russia had me feeling so peaceful and I decided to just tiptoe down into the basement to take a closer look. I walked into the room with the open door and threw on my flashlight on my phone. I saw an extremely long tunnel and I could not see the end of it. I felt threatened by it and got extremely uncomfortable. I decided it was best for me to leave. When I turned around, the only light that was entering the tunnel was from outside the doorway. I saw standing in the door a black silhouette. I quickly understood it was an outline of a person who was at least five inches taller than me. So I would say he was about 6'5". He was massive, and my stomach dropped so hard with my heart beginning to beat super quickly. He started to speak to me in Russian, but as my Russian isn't fluent, I did not understand everything he said. I'm sorry, I don't speak Russian. I said to him in Russian, You speak English? He said, in English to me. I told him I did, and he asked me if I knew where I was. No, I told him, as my mind started to fill up with a lot of different scenarios, one of which with me having to run down this tunnel and getting lost to avoid him if he chased me. 
These tunnels used to be used for Red Army soldiers to move from one place to another during the war, he explained to me. This whole building used to be a bunker for Red Army soldiers. I said, ah, to show some interest, and began to move towards the left while facing him in attempts to get him to move out of the doorway. This whole place is now apartments. I have one on the top floor. You should come see it, he said to me. It's quite late, and I think I should be going, I said. However, he grabbed my small wrist with a lot of strength and led me towards the stairs to go to the main floor of the lobby. I have a view you'll love, he called the small elevator, and if any of you have ever been to Russia, you'll know exactly what type of elevator it is, the type that can barely fit two people. He began telling me about how he just got back from Chicago, and that his husband loved Chicago as well. This started to have me panicking, as I thought to myself that there would be another man up to where he was bringing me, and I would have two men overpower me. Once we got to his room, I looked at the massive studio apartment he had. He had only candles to light the room, with a lot of tapestries dividing it up. With both the candle and the moonlight shining through it to create a super eerie vibe. I looked out his window as he instructed me, and I have to admit, the view was amazing. I got a panoramic view of Tagetskia and of the Kotelniskaya Embankment Building. I then started scoping around, looking for an opportunity to get out of there. Where is your husband? I asked. He looked at me and laughed. Oh, he's dead. He then picked me up and I asked him what he was doing. He brought me into another room and began to touch me inappropriately. He ran his hand down my back and took my phone from my back pocket. I did not realize he did this. As I was just in horror as this man licked me and said explicit things in Russian, I tried to pull away, but it made him squeeze and corner me even harder. After about 10 minutes of this, he told me to wait a moment. He went into his bathroom, and in this moment, I immediately sprinted over to the door. There were no lights, so I went to pull out my phone for the flashlight. Only to my horror, the phone was missing from my back pocket. I almost nearly had a heart attack as I realized I would have to go back into the bedroom to get my phone. I darted back into the room and saw my phone lying on a couch he had next to his bed. I grabbed it and ran for the door. I unlocked two locks on one door and when I opened that one, there was an outer door. I managed to get it open. As I ran out, the adrenaline was so high in me. I ignored the elevator and went straight for the stairs. I ran around in circles down it for what seemed like forever until I finally reached the bottom. I practically leaped down a few steps to go out of the lobby into the main door I had entered from. It wouldn't open as I pushed as hard as I could on it. I then began to start sobbing to myself and cursing. The thought of me having to go back into that tunnel to hide again from him came over me and I almost began to accept that as a reality at this point. I quickly tried to pull myself together, and noticed the typical button you should press to disable the magnet that holds the door locked. I pressed it, heard the monotoned beep that follows, and fell out of the door and into the snow. 
I never understood why characters could not pull themselves together when running in horror movies, always falling on themselves. But in that moment, I did the same thing, and I sort of understand it now. I treaded through the thigh-high snow into the main road by exiting the complex. I sprinted, ignoring my lungs screaming for air down the main road, only slowing down once I reached a bridge that led me to my street. Once I got inside, I sat in my bed for two hours, nearly shaking before I told anyone about it. Hey friends, thank you for watching the video. Really hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoy the works of Curious Raven and Mr. Spook, their channel links will be down in the description field down below. And uh, currently while I say this, my little brother is next to me twerking, trying to distract me from recording. And looks like he's doing it again. He's just shaking those cheeks. Alrighty, you guys have a great night.